The presidential motorcade had just passed through heavy crowds in downtown Dallas and was circling through the fringes of the business district when three shots suddenly rang out. Destroying the media lies and dismantling the narratives. One story at a time. It's the Adrian Slate Show. The European Union investigates reports of menstrual disorders after mRNA COVID shots. Paging Dr. Naomi Wolf. Paging Dr. Naomi Wolf. She was only deplatformed and taken off of Facebook because of the fact that she was sharing this information in a group uh, probably six months ago, maybe even longer than that. I mean, it's crazy what they've done for censorship and pushing these vaccines and the mandates that they're trying to suddenly simultaneously roll back on. But this is from Reuters. The European Medicines Agency's Safety Committee said it was reviewing reports of heavy menstrual bleeding and absence of menstruation from women who had received the COVID vaccines from Pfizer, BioNTech, and Moderna. The assessment was the, in view of reports of menstrual disorders after receiving either of the two vaccines, both based on messenger RNA technology, and it was not yet clear whether there was a casual link, the agency said. Yeah, they throw that disclaimer in. It was not yet clear whether there was a casual link between the vaccines and the reports. Menstrual disorders can occur due to a range of underlying medical conditions, as well as from stress and tiredness, said EMA, um, the emergency medical agency. Adding that causes of such disorders had also been reported following COVID-19 infection. Vaccination against COVID-19 was linked with a small temporary change in menstrual cycle length, according to a recent study funded by the National Institutes of Health, which collected data from nearly 4,000 users of a smartphone app that tracks menstrual cycles. But the EMA said in December that it had not established a link between changes in menstrual cycles and COVID-19 vaccines after a study in Norway suggested that some women had heavier periods after being inoculated. After reviewing the available evidence, the EMA's Pharmacovigilance Risk Assessment Committee, the PRAC, are you down with PRAC? Because you know me said it decided to request an evaluation of the available data, including reports from patients and healthcare professionals, clinical trials, and published literature. The agency added that there was also no evidence to suggest that COVID-19 vaccines affected fertility. Well, that's what they're just telling us, right? And it's crazy because of the fact that they're demanding that we do all of this. They're demanding that we take these magical experimental elixirs and then when we push back, we're the fascist. Homeland Security's putting out memos saying, well, you know, these people are going to be uh, domestic terrorists, right? And, and the trucker convoy that's happening in Canada, which is wildly effective, they're blocking most of the roads. They're still leaving a lane open. People can still get by, but they're really hindering traffic. And they're not doing anything like burning down auto zones or killing former police chiefs who are black, like uh, they did to David Doran, they are actually playing hockey, grilling food, taking care of each other. And while they go after Give, Set, uh, Give Send Go, 
which is the GoFundMe equivalent. And remember a couple of podcasts ago, we talked about the GoFundMe defunding of these individuals while they're still funding Antifa related entities like Riot Kitchen um, who support Antifa through sustenance in their riots. Um, they, they're, they're pushing back on mandates and the government's not responding as they should, but there's more people jumping into the fight to support them. Listen to this video from Ricky Schroeder, the guy from Silver Spoons. Remember that TV show? He used to ride in on, the, on a little toy train throughout his house. I always thought that was the coolest thing. I want my own toy train. I can just hop on and ride into my bedroom, maybe ride into the kitchen, grab a little, uh, you know, grab a little push-up pop from the freezer. But listen to Ricky Schroeder. Because they brought in Justin Bateman to try to contrast the two Silver Spoon stars. They didn't bring in, uh, what's his name, from uh, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Because he was on that show too, wasn't it? uh, Carlton? (laughs) His original. He was more like a a Michael Jackson kind of uh, character with the one glove and the the jacket. Um, Listen to Ricky Schroeder supporting the truckers. I think we see what we're facing here. It's an evil... um that is trying to be forced upon our children and upon us. And God bless the Canadian truckers and the Canadian cowboys up there on the border. And I heard a great potential uh, event's going to happen for us with our truckers are going to maybe start mobilizing and uh, doing what we need to do, which is shut down DC, shut down Sacramento, shut down Albany, shut down these states and these, this capital until uh, we root out this evil that was almost perpetrated upon us. We were so asleep. But um, we do have to root this out. We can't just turn a blind eye to it. These people must be held accountable for what they've attempted to do. And, um, or there'll be no peace and there'll be no justice. So, God bless the United States. God bless all of you who are fighting and resisting. God bless those who are waking up to what the true intent was behind this. God bless America. I leave you um, these hopes and prayers in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. So, yeah, we have civil disobedience that Rand Paul supports. Listen to Rand Paul talking about civil disobedience and supporting the truckers. Well, I'd also love to talk about this freedom convoy, the Canadian truckers who are protesting vaccine mandates for drivers will be crossing the border. We just heard this morning that there's a potential that there will be such a convoy in Los Angeles about the Super Bowl and perhaps one later in DC. What do you make of all this? I'm all for it. Civil disobedience. Civil disobedience is a time-honored tradition in our country, from slavery to civil rights to you name it. Peaceful protest, clog things up, make people think about the mandates. And some of this we started. We put mandates on truckers coming across the border from Canada, so then they put mandates on, and the truckers are annoyed. They're riding in a a cab by themselves, most of them, you know, for eight, ten-hour long hauls, and they just want to do what they want to do. It's their own business. And uh, it's the way healthcare used to be. It used to be your own business, what you and your doctor talked about or what medications you took. It wasn't anybody else's business. And do you foresee that D.C. would react in a certain way if such a convoy came here? 
Um, it'd be great. But the thing is, it wouldn't shut the city down because the government workers haven't come to work in two years anyway. So uh, I don't know if it'd affect D.C. It'd be a nice change. We'd actually have some traffic. So not only do the government workers don't come to work in D.C., uh, neither are the tourists allowed. I mean, Nancy Pelosi closed the Capitol down two years ago for God knows what reason. And, you know, you walk in there, and I'll give people a tour on occasion. We're the only people in the Capitol. I mean, it's, it's kind of crazy. But I hope the truckers do come to America. I hope they clog up cities. And we're seeing a break in the dam now. Several Democratic governors are finally sort of relinquishing. So what they're finding is... Moms and dads that are upset about this are not just Republican. Everybody's upset about this. They're annoyed that their little kids have to be in a mask when even they are starting. It's breaking through, even through CNN. You know, you got that, you know, Dr. Fauci acolyte, that woman's like, oh, but facial masks are now just simply decorations. She's admitting the truth. That's what they've been the whole time. Of course, we're not taking over an entire province of Canada, calling it Chaz trying to throw seeds on like, you know, some topsoil on top of a tarp and thinking we're going to make a garden and then just shooting each other with lawlessness and spray painting buildings and calling it an autonomous zone. We didn't do any of that. All they did was drive their trucks up, blockade most of the roadways and say, hey, listen to us. We don't want these mandates. There's nothing wrong with that. And we need to push back on the mandates. And in fact, my guest on the other side of this break, Karen McDonough from the uh, Children's Health Defense Organization, she actually assembled one of these rallies against mass mandates where she had Senator Ron Johnson, Dr. Peter McAuliffe, Dr. Robert Malone, all speaking at the event. We're going to have a good conversation with her on the other side of the break. Stick with us. This is Adrian Slade. Joining the program right now is Karen McDonough from the Children's Health Defense. How's it going, Karen? I'm doing great, Adrian. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Um, tell us a little bit about your background. I understand you had some skepticism with vaccinations uh, even before COVID. Is that correct? Yeah, absolutely. I uh, started looking into uh, problems with vaccinations right around 2004. Um, I have a son who was clearly vaccine injured. Um, uh, at 15 months, he received his DTaP and his MMR on the same day, and he gradually lost skills. And we, we could see through photos that it was right after um, those shots that he had. So he had diphtheria, tetanus, pertussis, measles, mumps, rubella all on the same day. Um, I got very involved. I started attending rallies in Washington, D.C. I got very involved with um, multiple organizations. Uh, including the National Autism Association, and I became the executive director of the Autism Society of Illinois. Oh, wow. So, yeah, I've been doing this for a while. Uh, so now, what ha what was it like to get into this crazy pandemic and then find out, we're going to make everybody take what I call the uh, the experimental magical elixirs, because they're not vaccines by any definition, but, you know, as much as they want to change the definition, what what was it like to be in that position? I figured it out pretty early on that nothing was really adding up you know, with the pandemic because, you know, Adrian, all these years, I look at research. I know how to read studies. Um, I know how to, like, dig. Um, and, you know, I've always seen a real um, kind of an agenda with the vaccine program. Um, the vaccines have been a liability-free product for the most part. 
for many years. That started in 1986. So zero liability, um, you know, and, and when, when, they, when they became a liability-free product, of course, they added more shots to the childhood schedule. So we kind of figured there would be a, um, a point in the future um, where they would try to mandate vaccines for everybody. Um, including adults. And that, that arrived in the form of a, of a pandemic in, in March of 2020. You know, it was really crazy, too, because I was very skeptical in the very beginning. In fact, I went back and revisited some of the tweets where I said, you know, why are we, why are we burning the house down to kill the mosquito? You know what I mean? And, uh, and, and what really got me was <clears throat> is the fact that the, uh, the early treatments were all just, you know, shot down. And that was another big clue for me because I have followed functional medicine for quite a while. And there were some really great functional medicine doctors that are pretty well known. Uh, and I was following them um, like on their blogs and their YouTube videos. And they were having great success treating COVID patients early on. And um, so I was ta- already taking a lot of the supplements that they were recommending. And um, I also know a little bit about hydroxychloroquine. I know that people who have Lyme disease often take that. And so I knew it was a safe and effective drug also used for people with lupus. So all of a sudden, you know, um, they were trying to sort of, uh, you know, make it out to be this dangerous, um, you know, drug. And then also with the ivermectin. So it was all very suspicious. Well, and it was really crazy when you speak of the ivermectin side, because my whole family got Omicron, basically. The only reason why I know it was Omicron, because it was more of an upper respiratory versus, you know, the lower respiratory that a lot of people were getting. My wife had it first and she actually took the jab um, because of her parents. She did so because she knew her parents were really uh, they had issues and she really wanted to see if if she could handle it before they take it and uh, against my wishes. But none of the rest right. of none of the rest of my family took it because we, you know, I've been following this from the very beginning uh, with your Daniel Horowitz's and Steve Dace's and uh, you know uh, people that have been really read in on the data from the very beginning and have been pulling the truth out of it. Um, and I took ivermectin and I, you know, because I got it probably three days after her woke up with the tightness of chest and what have you. Popped the ivermectin every eight hours and I was fine within two days. My kids right. went through it quickly. My wife was down for a week. So I think there is an immunocompromising uh, uh, aspect to these vaccinations, whatever the hell they are. I would agree with you on that. And, you know, um, you know last year, um, Dr. Pierre Corey from Wisconsin gave a, a great impassioned talk to the Senate about all of the evidence that ivermectin was, was very effective um, in saving lives. Um, and, and basically that the health, public health agencies totally ignored him. Um, that, um, you know, that Senate hearing was held by uh, Senator Ron Johnson. He, he Why do you say that? Because I was just listening to him probably about two hours ago. Uh, talk a little bit about this. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, he actually had a roundtable um, meeting uh, the day after the rally in D.C. So that would have been on about January 24th. And the doctors, you can listen to that meeting at the Children's Health Defense website, it, it's excellent. I mean, these doctors are, are you know, such great people that care about humanity. These are the doctors that understand the disease process. You know, you know, I know doctors mean well, but there are some doctors that just write prescriptions. Right. You know, the patient, they write a prescription. They don't really get to the root cause of the problem. 
Well, and it's He's funny when I've, I've talked to some people that have actually been in the pharmaceutical side of, of sales. And when you find out the way that they push ever since the 90s, where they started pushing these drugs and, and the, the kickbacks that they get and they're giving out the samples and, and you go take that and just elevate that to a pandemic level with with all the money that they can make on both ends, government, private, private uh, co-ops and and no liability. It's crazy. That, that's why we were in the situation we're in. Yeah, exactly. You're 100 percent correct on that. It, it is so profit driven. It is it is disgusting. And, and actually, next week. Um, there's a committee called Ver- Verback. Well, it's, a, it's an acronym. It's a committee that votes on adding um, vaccines to the census schedule, and they were going to vote on having babies as young as six months old. Um, you know, ha- ha- given emergency use authorization for these COVID shots, the Pfizer COVID shots for babies six months to five years old. These are still experimental. Those those children are not at risk from hospitalization or death from from coronavirus or from COVID-19. So it is all profit. There's no upside and, and to giving what, those children that shot. Right. And what really gets me is I was reading a story about a guy whose who's friend has an eight-year-old kid who was excited, got the jab, went to a birthday party, was playing in a bounce house, had a massive heart attack, and then they had to take him off life support, all because of something that he would have probably been fine through had he contracted it. It's a tragedy. It's a tragedy. I will tell you, at, at the rally in Washington, D.C., which Children's Health Defense helped to plan with um, several other organizations, there were quite a few people um, that spoke that had been injured by the COVID vaccine. And there was a father of a, a young teen boy. I think he was 16 or 17. And he died from um, heart failure as well, from mm. cardio after the shot. And it is tragic and it is unnecessary. And it's and evil. Love, it is, it is, <laughs> it's it's it is, insane. What word you can use. It is evil. We are trying so hard at Children's Health Defense to inform the public, to show them the data, show them the science. There is no upside. The, the benefits do not outweigh the risks with the shot for these children. And you, you're really playing Russian roulette with your child's um, health. We don't even know the long-term consequences. Right. You know, besides, besides the, the cardiomyopathy and the strokes and the blood clots, we don't know how it's affecting their immune system. We don't know what's going to happen to these children in 5, 10, 15 years. Right. So... To me, it's it's just a no-brainer. I would never, ever personally. I don't give medical advice. I'm not a doctor, but I would personally never give it to my child. Right now, you were involved with the rally a few weeks ago. Is that correct? Was so I was. Yep, I was on the planning team with Children's Health Defense. We worked with uh, a couple of other organizations: the FLCCC, the Frontline Critical Care Alliance. Nice. Um, so the Vaccine Safety Research Foundation, um, and it was a great success. Um, it was a lot of work, um, but I will tell you, it was a really, truly beautiful day. We had people of every color, every religion, every uh, political affiliation come together. It was incredibly peaceful, and it was just so inspiring. Our speakers were outstanding. Um, and, and it was just a very, very, um, you know, a very wonderful event. Nice. Now, do you, you got anything coming up that we should be aware of? So so the group, so the, the team that put this together, um, there are some other groups involved. Um, they're planning the next one uh, for early March in Southern California. I don't know that they have an exact location yet, but you can go to um, DefeatTheMandates.dc.com. Uh, 
and they have on their website um, uh, March 5th, 2022, Southern California. So uh, there will be another one. And uh, at Children's Health Defense, we're going to be working on some other um, events as well moving forward um, to keep the momentum going. That's the thing. I mean, I I really don't want people to come, become complacent or, you know, when now that they've suddenly flipped the switch and said, oh, well, you know, mask mandates, I don't worry about that anymore. You know, uh, we got some bad polling numbers, so we can go back to living like, you know, like normal. We need to re- this needs to be seared in everyone's mind if it isn't already. Because, I mean, people have been put through hell for two straight years. Um, I I think we need to have more of these rallies. I I heard uh, Senator Ron Johnson is saying he's going to have more of those forums, which is great. Um, And so, uh, you know, I I think it just needs to be front and center in everyone's minds. They cannot just walk away and retcon this entire hellscape they gave us. Absolutely. You know, and I think we've been so complacent for so many years, taking our freedom for granted. And clearly, uh, you know, a lot of that, a lot is on the line right now. And everybody who values their freedom, who wants their children to be free to make their own personal choices um, regarding medical procedures. I mean, can you even imagine that that I can't go to a restaurant in Chicago near my home because I don't have a vaccination card? That's insane. It is insane. And really, really, these digital passports are a real, that's the goal. They want to get everybody on a digital passport right. so that they control everything you do, all of your your um, financial transactions. Um, you know, they can they can shut you down. They, you know, right. you, okay, you can't go five miles away from your house. You can't buy gas. They can They can control every aspect of your life. Once we submit to a digital passport. Well, it's the Chinese model. That's the thing. They want the surveillance state that China has because they love the private, uh, the the government private sector co-op, you know, oligarchy that they can basically go. uh, We're going to give you digital Fed coin. And, uh, oh, you want to buy a gun? Ah, We're going to disallow that. Oh, how about we get in? And I make this joke all the time. And some people think I'm crazy. But as the years go on. They start to know that maybe there might be something there. You get into one of those driverless Google cars. Maybe I want to go to the Stop the Steal rally. Nope. It'll just pull right. you over. I mean, this is right. where we're headed. Right. This is where we're headed. And, you know, I know a lot of people, you know, the problem, Adrian, is people are busy with their lives. They work all day. They're busy with their kids. And they don't really have time to dig into what's going on behind the scenes. So I'm hoping that, you know, what's happening in Canada um, has, yes. you know, has really captured the hearts, I think, of, of Americans and people all over the world. People are really starting to wake up. I think we have reached the point now where, you know, realizing that something isn't right. And, um, you know, there's some, there's some bad guys. I know uh, some people refer to it as Mr. Global, you know, behind the scenes, pulling right. the string. Um, and, and, you know, we really need, we're, we're, we really need to get together. And, fight this. I mean, I am so inspired by um, the truckers up in Canada holding the line. They're so clever. They all went out, you know, the, the, the police were taking their gas cans <laughs> and confiscating their gas. So they all went and started walking around with empty gas cans. I think it's brilliant. Right. Uh, I'm, a lot of people are inspired and I hope people will just let go of their, their, you know, oh, they're, I'm a Democrat. I'm a Republican, this versus that. 
we need to all come together and we need to, to let it go and come together and fight together as Americans for our constitutional rights. Right. And it needs to be local, too, because, you know, a great thing was brought up today. I'm down here in Virginia. We were a blue state for a period of time. Um, it wasn't that long ago that Bob McDonald was running the show. And then we had, you know, this litany of, of leftists. And now we're a red state again with Governor Yunkin. Well, think of this. A trucker convoy rolling into D.C. If Governor McAuliffe was in power, that wouldn't happen. Larry Hogan's not going to let him through Maryland. So what do you think would happen now that we got Yunkin? Your local elections matter because even if it's in another state that you don't reside in, it needs to go red. Because look at the freedom that could have been disallowed if they do decide to take this route to protest. Absolutely. Absolutely. I was very happy to see, um, you know, that people went to the polls in Virginia. Um, you know, we have a really strong chapter of Children's Health Defense in Virginia as well. Nice. And I think, I think people, it's getting people engaged again, you know. And um, I hope that people will teach their children how important it is to pay attention to what is happening, what, you know, the government policies that are, that are you know, we don't all pay attention to. Um, because this, you know, all of a sudden it's here. You know, we're on the verge of like, you know, totalitarianism right. and fascism in our in our country that we thought could never be anything but the land of the free and the home of the brave. Right. Right. You're hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I will tell you, I've I've been a Democrat my whole life, oh, and wow. I saw this coming. And you know, I don't really identify with the party anymore. I am an American that wants my freedom. I want to make my own medical choices and I want my children to be guaranteed the same and their children as well. Boom. Mic drop right there. Now, Karen, where can we find you online? You can go to uh, childrenshealthdefense.org. That's our website. Um, we have a very extensive website. We um, are, are involved in about 40 different lawsuits right now. We have a lawsuit um, filed uh, regarding many of the different mandates. Um, the um, let's see, we have lots of great information. We're fighting censorship. We have created a whole new platform called CHD TV. So uh, you know, when you can't get um, fair and balanced news, you know, in the major networks, we try to provide it now on CHD TV. Our newsletter is available in six different languages, and that goes out every day. And um, we're just a great source of information. You know, we started out really, you know, fighting, um, you know, these corporate interests, you know, that have led to these health problems in children, not just the vaccines, but, you know, toxins in the environment, um, you know, fluoride in water, stuff like that. But now, you know, with, with everything that's happened in the past two years, we are also addressing, you know, censorship, propaganda and issues like that as well. Well, it needs to be addressed, especially after what they are trying to do with Joe Rogan over Peter McAuliffe and Robert Malone. It's it's really crazy these days. It really is. And in fact, Robert uh, Malone and Peter McCullough were two of the two of the most fantastic speakers. Um, after that. Uh, those those interviews on Joe Rogan were absolutely fantastic. Um, and those are two very brave uh, uh, American heroes right there. Yes, the two of them. Well, thank you for joining the program, Karen. I'm, it was great. I'd love to have you back on the show again. Sounds great, Adrian. It was my pleasure. All right. Well, you have yourself a great weekend. Enjoy it. You too. Take care. You too. Karen McDonough doing yeoman's work and doing the work that we need 
to keep the pressure on and to protect our kids um, from these medical tyrants. It's, it's amazing. So good to have her on the show. I'm Adrian Slade. Thanks for tuning in. Check out the show, iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, Spreaker, TuneIn, iHeart. Uh, you could also support the show, anchor.fm slash Adrian Slade slash support. You can call to be on the program, one nine two nine go go usa That's one nine two nine go go usa We'll see you guys next time.